ensuring that our marketing team and fundraising team work together for advancement of our nonprofit organization. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Josh Hurst. Josh is the social marketing content manager for Susan G. Komen, and he is in high demand as a speaker across the United States on this topic of marketing and fundraising working together. In, in fact, I first experienced Josh's uh, expertise at the AFP International Conference in the year 2022. And Josh, thanks so much for being with us on the podcast for the Fundraising School. My pleasure. I'm uh, excited to join you today, Bill. So your background, just to help set the stage here, started in marketing, but also now includes fundraising. Help our audience understand, please. Yeah, so I got my undergrad degree in advertising, knew I wanted to be in this world of communications, uh, but this was before the days of social media. This was, you know, before we started talking in third person on, on Facebook, uh, and we've evolved a lot since I finished my master's degree in 05 of where we are now in the world of communications and fundraising. Uh, I came into the nonprofit world right out of grad school, and after a year and a half of working in a programmer's position, I went and interviewed for another programmer's position at a small nonprofit. And after that hour conversation, the executive director said, you'd be good in fundraising. I said, okay. And, you know, went for it. And, and I'm happy to say, you know, 17 plus years or so later, uh, I've, you know, thrived and have grown through the nonprofit sector in, in that world of wearing both hats of development and marketing. And uh, absolutely love what I do every day. And you've seen this field grow and mature over the last couple of decades. Can you even fully describe how important the digital world is now to fundraising compared to, say, 10, 20 years ago? Uh, you know, you, we, we couldn't survive today if it weren't for uh, digital communications in the world of fundraising. Uh, you know, yes, direct mail is still king. You know, we still at Komen raise, you know, a, a buku bucks uh, through that. But that's just one channel. You know, you almost, you know, this this world of, multi-channel is gone. It's almost omni-channel and you almost need to be everywhere at all times. But in that same respect, you know, you need to know how to speak the language of those channels. You need to know the proper use of those channels. You need to know how that integrates with your overall marketing plan. So it's not just like, oh, here's a shiny new toy of TikTok. You know, uh, we need to be on TikTok because it's the shiny new thing. And that's where all the 25-year-olds are. Well, if your audience aren't, you know, isn't 25-year-olds, if that's not who you're trying to talk to, if that's not, um, you know, part of your overall strategy, well, just because it's the shiny new toy doesn't mean that you need to be playing with it. And it's not just being on the social media channels. It's how we use those social media channels. And that continues to evolve, right? Especially after the worst of the pandemic here, it seems everybody's online, regardless of their generation. And we really need to be up to date on using these digital tools. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even the last two years, because we'll, we'll talk about that time frame of, of the pandemic, so much has changed. You know, early on, we went from, you know, especially Komen, where we have a 60 plus person or 60 plus uh, in-person race and walk series throughout the year. Well, obviously that couldn't happen during the pandemic. So we completely went to a virtual uh, format, utilizing Facebook groups, uh, much more so than we had previously going away from the Facebook page or the Facebook event to try to create that inclusive community because Facebook pages and Facebook groups are a completely different worlds. One is almost a commercial where I'm talking at you, where groups are 
an inclusive conversation. And that's really what it has to be, especially when we were all living in the Brady Bunch world. We weren't getting out. We weren't seeing anyone. We needed a way to, uh, to create community. And through Facebook groups, we were able to still maintain that level of fellowship and survivorship, which is so key to our Race and Walk series, while at the same time still raising a significant dollars for breast cancer research. And to be aware of those techniques, we have our certificate in digital fundraising at the fundraising school, three courses uh, that lead up to that certificate. We also have other podcasts on specific techniques related to fundraising in the digital space. And of course, digital fundraising is incorporated into so many of our public courses and custom training. But the topic that we wanna spend time on today is to ensure that the marketing team and the fundraising team work well together. And, you know, Josh, what have you observed in this regard? Because I know you have a lot of passion. You don't always see those two teams working well together. What has led you to being passionate about this topic? What have you seen? Well, I think I'm, you know, not unique in the sense that most people in the nonprofit sector, especially if you're in small shops, you're wearing multiple hats for multiple departments. You might be a department of one or a department of multiple because you are that one uh, individual. So I knew early on how key marketing and, and development working together, uh, because how can you as you know the, the marketing side of the house know what you're talking about and how does that align with what your fundraising campaigns are? So I've been very fortunate throughout my career to really try to keep those two things you know in mind together. Um, you know, fast forward to today, I'm the social content marketing manager for Susan G. Cohen. Nowhere in my title does it say fundraiser. Nowhere in my job description does it say fundraiser. But I know that the content that I'm sharing, that the community management that I'm monitoring has to stay in line with our priorities. Obviously, one of the main ones being raising dollars so we can eventually end breast cancer and I'm without a job. Not the end of the world if I don't have a job because there's no more breast cancer in the world. But going beyond that, uh, our marketing team, and we have about 30 plus people or so on our team, uh, really drives a lot of our fundraising in connection with our fundraising staff, because we're the ones on the front line that are sitting there sharing the messaging of our campaigns. We're the ones that are seeing what is on the ground that our constituents and our supporters and our donors are talking about and relaying that to our, our communicators or relaying that to our fund development staff saying, listen, this is what we're hearing on the ground. These are the trends that we're seeing. How is our current campaign or future campaigns going to go in hand in hand with that? As you were talking about before, how the evolution of, of um, communications and technology that we've seen, you know, I, 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 new trends will pop up in the world of fundraising. And a lot of that is driven through communications. So, you know, let's go back, you know, 10 years or so or whatever it was to the, the ice bucket challenge. Well, that was communications driving fundraising, or is that fundraising driving communications? Well, it really went hand in hand because here was a viral sensation that was going all over uh, various you know, social channels and, and email and web, but that was driving fundraising. So it was your communications driving fundraising or is that fundraising driving communications? But having that congruent, you were able to have this huge campaign um, that we've now seen people to try to emulate uh, over and over throughout the years. Nonprofits that are still earlier in this work regarding the use of all the digital spaces might be thinking, well, if I can just post you know, on the website and on the right social media channels, maybe make some requests, I'm in good shape. 
But Josh, I want to amplify uh, a point that you stated just now about how you're on the front lines of the social media spaces for Susan G. Komen. It sounds to me like you're not just posting the right content, that you're watching for interaction, that you're watching for engagement, that you're able to analyze how that particular content is being received and responded to. Is that correct? And if so, can you, can you expand on that a little more about how you go about doing so? Yeah, 100%, we have to let our content strategy be driven through the analytics. I can't talk into a vacuum just because I, and when I say I, Komen as the, as the general organization, mm -hmm. if I as Komen say, listen, we wanna be talking about purple penguins in Peru, well, just because I feel like that's important to me, if that's not what our audience is reacting to, or if that's what the audience is talking about, then how is that driving my strategy? So being the data nerd, you know, I'm running both daily and monthly reports, really digging into, because, you know, likes are, are vanity, you know, KPIs or key performance indicators. Likes, followers mean nothing to me. What I care about are impressions or reach, depending on the channel, and engagement rate. And what for your organization might be a good engagement rate or a good impression reach might not be the same for another organization. So it's really good uh, and important to have a baseline that you determine, yes, there are industry standards of what a good engagement rate is uh, by channel. But once again, if your organization are gangbusters and you're sitting at it like, you know, a 7% engagement rate for Twitter, whereas the industry standard might be a 2%, well, then you're doing something right. So let your content strategy continue in that path. And the other hand, if you're sitting there talking about those purple penguins in Peru and you're getting you know, a nothing engagement rate, well then you gotta scrap that and go back to the drawing board. Josh, can you please uh, help our audience understand the distinction between those vanity KPIs, the likes, the hearts and the thumbs up with engagement. Engagement you use at a deeper level type of analysis. W what does engagement mean on Facebook and on Twitter on these social media channels? Right. So comments and shares, those are like the main things that you're, you're really looking for. What, you know, whatever the, the platform, you know, share could be a retweet um, on, you know, on, on Twitter, but just because someone likes your content, you know, that's great. So you got eyeballs and, you know, in front of it, but it's going to the next step. It's by them sitting there commenting. It's about them taking the time out of their day to click that retweet or that share button, which is once again, amplifying your content to another level and really pushing it further. And again, what we teach at the fundraising school is those folks who are engaging even more than just liking, if they're donors, they might be inviting you to ask them for a larger gift. If they're not donors, it's time to add them to the email or digital annual fund campaign uh, as they're uh, enjoying your content and sharing it and commenting on it and so forth. Josh, I just want to ask you, how formal is this? Like, does somebody from marketing sit down with somebody from fundraising and vice versa? on a regular basis, that there are standing meetings, or is this kind of more organic as you do your work from one week, one month to the next? Uh, it's, it's a mixture. Uh, so we have weekly editorial content meetings where we'll sit down. Uh, we'll get 15, 20 people from both development, uh, mission, advocacy. So it's not just you know marketing and it's not just development, but it's a more gestalt approach for our overall content strategy of what are our different, um, you know, in, um, um, mission focused moments at the at that particular time or what are particular campaigns. Uh, so yes, very purposeful in that sense. Uh, but then we have other giving tools available to us. So for example, crypto. Uh, cryptocurrency for social good is a very new 
concept. We're really still in the early days of crypto philanthropy. And for us, we've been accepting crypto as a form of donation for about a year now. And that really drove out of the need of me in marketing and our major gifts officer saying, all right, well, I, once again, I'm a nerd and like, I want to stay on top of trends. And I saw that crypto is going to be a way of giving, especially from a younger demographic, a more affluent demographic than your typical donor to a nonprofit, uh, that this is a way that we need to provide available to them. You know, you want to be able to say, hey, listen, here's our menu of giving and what looks good to you. So we had our director of major gifts that was having individuals approach her saying, listen, I don't have $10,000 in cash to give you, but I've got half a Bitcoin and I want to donate half a Bitcoin to your organization. Well, at that time, we didn't have a way to accept it. So it was really at a conversation between her and myself that really got us across the finish line. And now to drive our conversation further, we are meeting you know, on a weekly, if not sometimes multi uh, times a week of saying, listen, we want to be pushing crypto. Here's our crypto strategy. And it's driving for both communication and, mark and, and development together to make sure our priorities are in line. Omni-channel marketing and the way that that supports fundraising. And Josh Hirsch is the social media content manager for Susan G. Komen, giving us important insights on how marketing and fundraising need to work together for the advancement of your nonprofit, including in the digital space. And again, we cover this in our Certificate of Digital Fundraising courses, uh, as well as in our custom training, our webinars, these podcasts, uh, and in our public courses as well. Information about the fundraising school is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. You'll also find information about achieving excellence in fundraising, which has a specific chapter on digital fundraising written by Josh's colleague from AFP, Nathan Han. And so that book, the availability of that textbook, the new edition coming out in 2022, is available also on our website, along with our public courses, custom training, quarterly webinars, and these podcasts. Again, the website, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I am so grateful to Josh Hurst for taking a moment out of his business schedule to join us for this podcast. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. And now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.